Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about The Fog. Scott, I gotta tell you, 2022 so far is absolutely shaping up to be the year of, we didn't do that yet. <laughs> Fun fact, The Fog was the very first Reddit Horror Club movie. Wow. Oh, shit. Embarrassingly, probably the last time I watched The Fog. I feel like The Fog is for me anyway, one of those movies that I never, I'm like, man, I should put on The Fog. But the second I put on The Fog, I'm glad I did, mm-hmm. is kind of my thing with yeah. this movie. But Scott, why did you pick this besides what I would say the obvious first line of the movie? <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so originally I was going to pick this for like late March, I want to say, because I was like, oh, The Fog, it's like, Early spring. It's mid-spring. So I, I looked at the, the schedule and I start watching it and he's like, it was April 21st, 100 years ago. I'm like, shit. And so I look and I'm like, okay, well, this is close enough. So I, I uh, went back and, and uh, changed it around. It was only, you only having to change it around maybe an hour after I finished 
the fog. <laughs> I should have stopped immediately when he said April 21st. And <laughs> just knowing. Just, just like... knowing that this would have, but I'm still new here. This is actually one um, that I didn't take notes on. So I'm free balling, but it's, but I think that there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about. I think also I'm interested in where it falls in our, not like a carpenter necessarily like ranking, but like in how often we think about, I would love to do that, but um, how often we think about like the fog in terms, it's such a John Carpenter movie, but I like, it's probably the last, no, I'm sorry. Prince of Darkness would be like the most recent Carpenter classic i don't know he doesn't have like too many misses but like last carpenter that's like held in a high regard would have been you mean like do you last as in most recent watch for you or most recent movie he directed most recent first time watch or most recent watch i would i should say and the fog would be immediately before that but still it's like one of those things that comes in later despite it for me despite it being like i mean it's pure it's It's so like pure carpenter that it's crazy (laughs) i feel like the biggest compliment i can give john carpenter in general and i feel like this is what kyle's also trying to say in a weird way is like as much as i have like a favorite john carpenter movie i feel like nine times out of ten my favorite john carpenter movie is whichever one i happen to be watching at that exact moment no shit now i i can't agree with that sentiment specifically but i love the undertone like what you're getting at so this is only my second watch of the fog because this movie is really fucking stupid. I like it. <laughs> but the title implies it could be so much dumber, Scott. Like that's like I think that that's the thing is like when I first heard about this movie, I literally thought it was just killer fog. I was like that's so stupid. I can't believe that there is a movie about killer fog. And I remember watching it like maybe in college Netflix had finally entered in my life and now mm-hmm. like any movie that had not been on the shelves at my blockbuster could be like in my mailbox in two business days so mm-hmm. like i loaded up on every carpenter movie at that time mm-hmm. and i remember getting this one and kind of thinking like all right this is probably going to be shit and really being surprised how much I liked it. I liked the atmosphere. I love the music in it. I love just like, I wrote down like just the, I love the movie and the concept, but I also just love that very atmospheric opening scene, essentially where it's just like, you're just rolling through this town and weird supernatural shit keeps happening. But it's like, you're just part of the movie. Yeah, dude. And you're just meeting these random people. And I just, I think it does a really good job of creating a bunch of characters that you actually like and care about Mm -hmm. and putting a good, like, I feel like everything that it achieves in what is essentially an 85 minute runtime is really impressive for how stupid the concept is out (laughs) the gate. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, like, this is a really fucking stupid movie. I say that with love because yeah. I have enjoyed both times I've watched it. It is a beautifully shot film. Like it just oozes atmosphere, like you're saying. And the soundtrack is some of his best, in my opinion. Like I, I've, it's what's so funny about the fog is that I have been putting off discussing it on the show because it was low on my list. Thinking like, ah, oh, you know, I didn't really love watching it in high school, but I really like the soundtrack, and I like the soundtrack as an adult. Man, that it's just. It's different enough from Halloween. It's very obviously a Carpenter-esque soundtrack, you know, like it's it, it is very much his work, but it's also 
different enough that it just doesn't sound like he's completely aping Halloween, which is great because he took the exact same cast from Halloween and put, and put them yeah. into the fog, which I yeah. thought I didn't. I don't think I noticed that in high school, which is very odd. No, they st- they they sort of like play maybe because in Halloween it feels so much like caricatures and this doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily feel that way. You know, like it feels like, oh, no, these are these are people like Jamie Lee, like her character has is totally different and it's also yeah. not a caricature of a hitchhiker's like she's making choices that like you don't expect and then the sheriff bracket just being this like annoying like uh frequent now, caller. actually my favorite like second like tier character in the movie yeah. was definitely oh yeah he's great as like the just a uh, disembodied voice in the phone and it's it's also really funny to me because as almost everyone who knows me knows i love swamp thing and I remember when I was a kid knowing about Swamp Thing from the the, the TV show, the car, the cartoon, mm-hmm. um, and then my dad telling me that there was a movie. My dad knew it because Adrian Barbeau was in it, and he was like, "Oh, you know, like my dad had a serious crush on Adrian Barbeau." Can't blame him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I think that she's objectively beautiful, but there's something about her in most movies where I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, maybe it's her nose. I, I don't know. But her hair in this movie is untouchably good. It's, it's, it looks it's like unreal. It so much conditioner in it without it's, it being it's oily. Unreal. It's like, it, it's amazing. And it it's just, all the humidity it, in the fog. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and I love that it bounces when she is having like a bad time. It's just such a weird, <laughs> I, people are probably going to listen to this and be like, why are they talking about Adrian Barbeau's hair too? Hey, welcome to the horror movie night, Kyle. I heard a sound. And oh, I think you need to explain that sound. <laughs> You're gonna, lo- you guys are gonna love this because we're. <laughs> so this leads right into what I was going to pitch here, sort of uh, as an alternative take on the fog. But we are wandering into the fog <laughs> with Abomination's double IPA called "Wandering into the Fog." Never gonna top that. <laughs> but since it's April 21st, has anybody thought that? The fog is actually no. weed, uh, the collective it's... weed smoke from 420 <laughs> rolling in. Nothing it was too blatant. Will kill you six must toke. Yeah, man. And they have to get the preacher to toke. It's uh, his fucking. He has to. And nothing yeah. pisses off God beyond a fucking high Catholic yeah. priest. Absolutely. The preacher in this movie also fucking rules. There's so many points in this movie that I forgot were funny, and he gives me the the hardest laugh in this whole movie is when like the mayor and her assistant or whoever is trying to get him to help them out for the bicentennial, and they're like, "So can we get you to come and do it?" And he just goes, "Antonio Bay has a curse on it," and her assistant goes, "So are we going to take that as a no?" I love it. I love it so much. Like, yeah. the movie has so much to love that even when I'm like bitching about it like a whiny baby, I still really enjoyed my watch. Like, I just can't. There's yeah. nothing bad about this movie. There's not. And I still don't know why it's so like down on my list. And I think it is just an entry point thing to like watching it in mellow. It's like yeah. a melody, only six murders. Right. I mean, I guess 12 if you want to consider the, the lepers, but right. you only see like six murders on screen. Really, the only good murders are the first, th- well, I would say the first three, but you, I think you only see two of them, right? Yeah, on the ship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you only see two. I mean, you get the gag later yeah. on, with the, which is fucking just so, and I, like, I know it. 
I know it's there and I know, but it's just one of those scares that's like off put enough rhythmically that I always miss it. Even though like, and it, and like, I know I said, I only seen it twice or I have only seen it twice, but I know that scene so much because like, that's always referred to in jump scares or in like well, a list of stuff. I, speaking of like things that, cause I've obviously all of us, I've probably seen it the most out of all of us. And even then it's maybe cause I saw it three times as mm-hmm. opposed to two. Right. I always forget this ending scene is from this movie because like the shot of the priest holding the glowing cross with like the fog monster holding onto it. I've seen that yeah, in a million different things. I've seen it as like a gif. I've seen it in like compilation videos and I always forget it's the fog yeah. that it comes from. It's a beautifully like framed out sequence. Yeah. God, this film's gorgeous. Dude, the kill of the, the weatherman that's like calling into Adrian Bardot's radio station. And she's like, mm-hmm. don't go to the door like that one. You do get like a nice hook into the neck yeah. sequence. And Kyle, if you're wondering why this one ranks so low, it's because like John Carpenter, I'm looking at this Wikipedia page, just like the most fucking insane run of movies. Yeah, it's unreal. So if really? we remove, if we remove the TV movies for just well, a second, why would you remove Elvis? You bastard. (laughs) We got (laughs) Halloween, then The Fog, then Escape from New York, then The Thing, then Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, In the Mouth Mm -hmm. of Madness. Like, yeah. There's there's one little bump in the road there. Definitely coming. Like, that is like right up there with what I consider the greatest streak of any director, which is like Rob Reiner's like first seven movies. Sure. Like, like, it's just like, this is an incredible run of films released in, in a row. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. You're, you're correct. You can't add any more to that. I feel like you're you're like, I'm trying to, to add to the conversation, but nothing comes out right. So I'm just going to say, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're, that's correct right now. <laughs> I'll throw a conversation piece out there because I realize that this is a trope that I hate. And I realized watching this movie, but it's always been a trope that I hate. How do we feel about random movie, like random quote opening up the movie on the screen before anything happens? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I I think that uh, I've seen it where it's real bad. And I wish I had an example (laughs) off the top of my head, but I, I, I know that I've seen it. I've been like, fuck are they telling me? Like, what did they tell me to do? Fuck you, just say to me. They gave us some Edgar Allan Poe quote about dreams, and I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do about a bunch of killer ghosts getting vengeance in a fog? Like, why is this here? Yeah, ain't nobody dreaming. This this is real. (laughs) This is real life. Uh, the, The only other real note that I had that I'd like to bring up is that, like, has there ever been an actor who portrayed more characters who wound up in bed 24 hours after meeting the female lead of the movie than Tom Atkins. You know, and it's, it's so funny. You're, you're right. And it's, he hates the, that that is what people remember about him. You know, like he just absolutely despises it. But the thing is, is that you can't fault his character in this because hitchhiking was kind of like the Tinder of the 1970s. <laughs> Like it's, yeah, I was thinking dude. about it because I mean I won't say any examples because I don't want to take anyone's double features, but like I can think of at least three <laughs> films where it's like Tom Atkins, yeah, where just Tom Atkins meets a female character and within 
mm-hmm. I would say a 24-hour period, there is a shot of them laying in bed just being flirty with each other. You know what's so funny, though, is that so many, I mean, disregard Tom Atkins for a second and just think about movies that Matt loves and how many times this trope occurs. And he's bitching about an intro quote and not people banging a couple hours after they just get thrown <laughs> together you know and we've discussed them on the show and matt's been like that's so unrealistic i wish that happened to me <laughs> just, just once oh well, see i say that about quotes being told to me before somebody goes into a story i wish you would <laughs> i wish you would i wish people would preface this like kyle i've got a great story to tell you but first let me tell you out of context when dumbledore said to harry potter that no one's truly gone so long as they live within our memories. Anyway, so this is the story about the time I was boning this chick, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And with that, can we talk about the greatest line of the movie? Mom, can I have a stomach pounder and a Coke? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. After lunch, honey. I I did so much research to try and find out what a stomach pounder was, only to find myself on a message board discussion, multiple of them, that said that stomach pounders are nothing. John Carpenter was just like, I just thought it sounded cool. (laughs) <laughs> dude you know what john carpenter is just fucking he is swinging for the fences dude i mean he just he just knew his voice and style so early i've said it a million times john carpenter exclusively made movies for an audience of one and <laughs> that was carpenter. John, carpenter. john carpenter and if other people liked it he was fine with it. If he made Ghosts of Mars and no one liked it except for John Carpenter, John Carpenter was still fine with y'all, it. Y'all watch Go- y'all watched Ghost of, Mar- Ghost of Mars on this show, right? No, no, oh. no. Well, not for the show. Nah, well, it's the, don't. It's not anywhere near my pick, but it is interesting. <laughs> I, just figured, <laughs> I figured, I figured, you guys might have watched it at some point. I would say a shockingly limited number of John Carpenter movies for this show. When I'm looking at this list, we've done Prince of Darkness. And in the mouth of madness. And oh no, so shit! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, know, I, mean I gotta say though that that rewatching Prince of Darkness and The Fog for the show have given them new life in my mind as far as mm-hmm. how much I appreciate them because I saw them both for the first time. I want to say in high school, I didn't really particularly like either of them that much, like enough to truly go back and watch them a significant amount without obviously the goading of this show and thinking like, oh, that'll be a good episode. But they're both stupid and very pretty and very fun. But you Mm -hmm. have to turn your brain off. And I I think that that's kind of something that I forget about John Carpenter is that he makes good movies that are kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. That's totally fine. No, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, we're all aware this movie takes place on April 21st. We're totally aware of it. But man, this... But this movie really works as a Halloween time movie. Like there's something about the setting and the way it's shot that I'm like, I would feel perfectly fine adding this into like the October rotation. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's the seasonal just, transition. I, it's the yeah. New England. It's like, it's, yeah, I, I yeah. get well, it. It's not like New England. England They're in Oregon. It's not, but it feels, but it feels yeah. that way. Like, it, you know, being, I guess being coastal, I guess I associate yeah, with New sure. England, but it doesn't, but it, you're right. I mean, it does read Pacific Northwest. It is. I connect to it on that level. And I think that's why I always think seasonal fall too. And it's yeah. the transition. It's the seasonal transition for sure. It's like yeah. you still get that chill. You know, when the wind's fucking whipping, when she's walking down those stairs to the lighthouse, that first mm. shot, which is massive. Like the stairs are insane. And you just get that chill and 
there is a haunt coming. Like, so it makes, it does read Halloween uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I just, you know, not every movie that you watch in the month of October has to take place in October. And that's all I'm Bullshit. saying is <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, Scott, like, Scott has something to say. <laughs> like, I think that this just John Carpenter in general makes a lot of, makes a, a, a lot of movies that really fit into that October to April mm-hmm. time of the year for sure. Cause like even when, the thing, when, you ever, when has he ever made of, a summer movie, you know? Yeah. I guess like the closest would be like, I guess Christine ends around graduation time maybe, but like, I thought that was a prom movie. I, I would I consider that a like spring fall. movie. That's like May. Wait, you I mean, said fall and then May. Prom is, or sorry, spring. Sorry, spring and okay. May. I just want to make sure that we're talking about <laughs> same month. same <laughs> season, same month. Same, same deal. Well, you don't have your prom in September? Second Kick week of school. Guys, I changed my mind. We're not going to talk about the fog. We're going to talk about Christine because it's almost prom time. <laughs> I'm actually surprised Christine's not been talked about on this show because I also feel that falls in line a little bit with the fog for me, though I have more of an appreciation of it now. That movie is fucking incredible. See, and that's incredible. I've seen I'm gonna... one time in high school, and I I did not enjoy it. So yeah, I think the pacing of Christine is not problematic, but it ain't 85 minutes like the fog. I have a feeling because I'm kind of with Scott. I watched Christine one time around college. Uh, it was I literally finished the book and then rented the movie. Mm. But I have a feeling I've listened to so many podcasts discuss how impressive a movie Christine is now watching it later that I feel like if we were to do it for the show again, like I said, I'd walk away and be like, no, no, maybe this is now my favorite John Carpenter. movie." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I felt, I felt that we did that with a, the director out of a hat series that I've referenced uh, here before when we were doing it uh, properly and not around having a child in life. Uh, when we were able to sit down and watch <laughs> movies like we did John Carpenter. And I think I'll have to ask Carly again, I'm going to text her while we're on the show, and hopefully she'll text back uh, what her favorite John Carpenter is. I think it's Christine. I think she chose Christine. Do we need to have a guest for Christine? Do we need to have your wife on? She hates podcasts. She fucking <laughs> hates podcasts. She was like, I'll never listen to your podcast, Kyle. Three white men talking about movies, please. Like, do I not. Know. Listen, I know. The only thing we can do is be as inclusive as three white guys talking about horror movies can possibly be. I don't know anyone more in tune with their feelings than three of us. I've met Kyle a handful of times prior to like horror movie night. You know, like we've talked about bumping into each other, bumping into each other. He drove and picked me up uh, to go <laughs> to go wander around California right now right. and look at Halloween sets. We were John like, oh, Carpenter. this is... But like when Kyle decided to come join us for Monster Mania... And the entire weekend, he just wore drag queen tank tops. I was like, <laughs> Kyle is our people. Like, Kyle is so our people. He had that same kind of attitude of like, all right, we're going to a place where there's going to be there's going to be a nice mix of people like us and some of the most toxic <laughs> pieces of shit possible. So let's make sure that everyone gets a very clear idea that they don't want to come over to this table if they are very toxic douchebags. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to vet, vet them somehow. Yeah, yeah. you got to fucking. Yeah. This is why I love you guys. And I'm so I'm so happy to be to be a part of it because of that, too. <laughs> One of the many love, reasons. It's so funny to me. I, every week that we have you on now, ever since you were on American Gothic, it just feels like you've been on epi- every episode. And, and so I have to keep reminding myself that you haven't. 
nah. because it feels like yo but the list of guests the list of guest spots is way more than i thought before joining this like full-time too so i get it yeah you were on like 10 episodes probably <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but yes I, I i it feels it feels like home and i appreciate it i think now that we've been a firm 10 minutes into a circle jerk that's usually a pretty solid hint that we've ran out of things to talk about with the fog one last thing we haven't talked about the budget they made $21 million on a $1.1 million budget, which is insane. That's that John That's Carpenter glorious. power, dude. He knows That's how to glorious. do a lot with a little. Yeah. Scott, have you ever done a console crash for the fog nope. score? It, it, it has not come up. You know, I'm so bound to my um, themes. Themes. Like every, every console crash EP has to have a theme. And. The fog just hasn't come into the themes yet. I got a I got a proposal for you, Scott. What should six be, Matt? Guitarpender. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, Matt, you say a lot of dumb shit, but that was real good. <laughs> oh well, thanks for listening, everybody. That was horror movie night. We don't need to do the other two. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hailing from the Garrettscape, welcome one and all to Masters of the Media. In a land of pop culture podcasts, I, filmmaker Garrett Briones, and my quote-unquote co-host Jack Watson look at the why of the stories we love and figure out why they connect with us. The show is all about loving the media you love and appreciating the underappreciated. It's a celebration of storytelling and also two pals making each other laugh at random impressions and the silliest things you can imagine. You can find Masters in the Media on all your favorite podcatchers and right here on the Geekscape Network. We hope to see you all on the Garrettscape. Scott. Yes. You're at a video store. You've grabbed the fog. What else are you grabbing? I am actually not at a video store. I am on Shutter. I am going to queue up the fog. And then I'm going to follow it with The Beach House from 2020. Was that 2020 when that came out? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's either 2019 or 2020. Yeah, I, th- I think that it, I think that it was on Shutter in 2020, but um, mm-hmm. it probably was released in 2019. I love that movie. Super great. I, I, I mentioned that in my favorite Lovecraftian movies because that's a great Lovecraftian flick. Now. Okay, so I'll have to write that down as one to see. Anyway, I had a choice in my brain 
that I thought for sure you were going to go with. So I'm going to defer to Kyle because I have two to choose from. <laughs> this one I, I had a lot of trouble with. Uh, I think just because Adrian Barbeau and Tone being completely different, I would pair it with Creepshow. Like, I just All think right. that, I mean, it, I guess, I don't know, it's just a lot of horror masters, but in their own different voices and interests. Like, I, I, I and you end with the crate and, and age. No, I'm sorry. You don't end with the crate. Forgive me. Uh, you end with the, the cockroach, cockroach one. Cockroaches, so you, can turn, but still. Turn, you can turn that shit off after, the game, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. But I don't know. I, I think that, like, A picture of the fog, B picture creep show, just, I, 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 I and just like the vibe. And two really good scores. Two back to incredible back. scores. Really the pace, I mean, 80, it, the fog is not long, and then creep show is an anthology, so it goes by quick. It's just like, I just think that it, it, it's the move. I love it. All right, so neither one of my two choices got picked by either one of you. There are also, admittedly, two films that get picked an overwhelming amount of time on this podcast when it comes time for double features. So the one that I'm not going to go with but was sitting in my head as a plan B was obviously the other extremely famous Tom Atkins betting a woman as pretty much as soon as he meets her, Halloween 3 season of The Witch. But, Scott, I was shocked that you watched a movie that involved a radio DJ and didn't immediately be like, perfect time to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 if I've ever seen one. <laughs> that, dude, that was, yes. so that was my second. And I, <laughs> I, I forgot about it because it was, was my first at the time of viewing. And then I was like, nah, man, like I just, I, I'm vibing creep show. Texas Chainsaw 2. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's I mean, the. I think that's the one. <laughs> they both have such a similar. And I don't tone. like that movie, but like, I mean, I, I it's fine. I love. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, I just want to remind listeners. Remind Kyle, them, tell them, tell Kyle them. Kyle insisted on being on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Four for how much he likes that movie. Oh, that's and, right, you son and, of a bitch! And now he's just sitting here being like, "Ah, I'm kind of lukewarm to TCM too." <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't. I shouldn't say I. I don't hate it. I don't even really like dislike it. I just like the first half of the movie so much more than the yes. second. The second, I know, like, I, I've said this before, but the second half of the movie is literally what Rob Zombie just was like, that's going to be all of House of a Thousand Corpses <laughs> the whole third act. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but I love, I mean, I, I think I could say I've, I've seen the first half way more than I've like watched the entire movie. And I've gone back for like different scenes to watch. Like I think Carol, like I think Stretch is such a great character. The introduction of Chop Top's great. The first kill, like the road rage slash. Oh, yeah. It's okay. fucking incredible. And I, I mean, I love that soundtrack. Anyway, I, I don't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fine. We'll forgive that. Scott, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, et cetera, that you want to give a quick shout out to? So I'm going to get back on my movie watching bullshit. And I got, well, first of all, I know this is way, way late, um, but I just was talking about other stuff the last month and a half on the show. But I did watch Hellbender uh, right after it, you Matt did a uh, great interview with the creators and um, that is probably my favorite movie of the year right now. Like my favorite horror movie, just because it's, it's like ultra low budget, but they did so many great things with nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really well 
paste. I, I it's witches, so of course it's my shit. Um, and I just it's well acted. It feels natural, you know, like especially for. I think that that's what a a an ultra shoestring indie lives and dies by is how natural the actors feel because that's yeah. really going to be you can't gloss it over with uh with you know CGI or creature feature effects and things like that and it's just really really great. I highly recommend anybody watch it on Shutter if you have not. Um follow the Adams Family Films on social media. Mm-hmm. Super super cool people and uh, if you haven't listened to it, listen to Matt's interview with them. But the other thing I wanted to point out was that uh the art house cinema in my city usually does kind of like foreign dramas but they posted about the wildest movie that i could imagine and i was like well i'm not going to go see it in in the theater i'm not going to pay for that because that looks absolutely stupid but um i wonder if it's free on youtube and i found it on youtube and i watched it and i'm so glad i watched it for free but it is such a Kyle and Brian movie have you guys I know Brian isn't here to defend himself but I can just tell everybody that Brian would love it because it's 70s Oz exploitation it's called stunt rock Kyle have you heard of this movie I have heard of stunt rock yes I have, have not seen it, it but I have not seen it yet I'm okay. very interested I remember I've seen it in a trailer compilation please tell me more tell me more there's not much to tell because it's not really a movie. It's like this quasi documentary about this Australian stuntman, a real stuntman who comes to LA to, to do stunts for a TV show, which is basically like the bionic woman or something like that. It's it's like mid seventies. I was not feeling watching it when I read the synopsis until it said it's interspersed with all these, these um, performances by the band sorcery and sorcery did all the music for the original music for rocktober blood, which I picked, (laughs) which I picked for Halloween or October a couple years back. Fuck. It's, they are the ugliest dudes. It's incredible how <laughs> ugly they were. And and it's just so funny because in the mid-70s, they were still kind of doing more psychedelia and jam band type stuff. And then and and, and then and so I like I didn't really know about their material pre-Rocktober Blood. And so but you can hear kind of like the through line of what they were eventually doing with like songs like I'm Back and Rainbow Eyes and things like that. And it was very long. I feel like it was an hour and 45 minutes that lasted three days Um, (laughs) because it's just really bad acting because he's a Mm -hmm. stuntman. Um, And then he's it's interspersed with basically like shots of him doing stunts and world record type stunts and you know like all this and then sorcery playing live i highly recommend anybody that likes ozploitation or kind of cheesy 70s stuff or or you know anything that i mentioned like if you like shitty 70s rock and roll too like hard rock it's definitely going to be up your alley it's not something that i would ever watch again but um it, it was a quick and easy uh, way to to make some time pass while I was doing real work at my desk. So yeah, there, that's something rock for you. That All sounds right. exactly what like what I want in everything. Um, I'm such <laughs> yeah, a sucker. I'm such a sucker for movies with full songs played uh, throughout by a band within the film. You will be so tired of sorcery by the end. <laughs> the last just, half hour is just sorcery, and I'm like, these songs are so boring. So so I have to. I just bouncing off of that and then I want to go to Kyle for his stuff and then I'll I'll actually say my stuff but 
uh, our friends at Fright School <laughs> have, have uh, they did an episode on Studio Six Six Six, and like Joshua was like, I am blissfully ignorant to heavy metal horror, and I was like. Well, here's a list of movies that I'm pretty sure Studio 666 was pulling inspiration from. So they decided to turn it into like the semester that they're doing of the podcast. Thank God, dude. Yes. Listening to Joe have zero tolerance (laughs) for movies (laughs) like Phantom of the Paradise and Rock and Roll Nightmare has been the most both frustrating and hilarious shit to listen to for me. That's incredible. I want to continue to love him, and so I'm going to skip that semester. Yeah, but anyway, (laughs) Kyle, what what do you've got for us to promote? Uh, So I just want to report back that Carly uh, did say that she goes, oh, shit, maybe Christine. I loved In the Mouth of Madness, though. I did love Christine, to be honest. So those are <laughs> those four four we'll separate say, texts. We'll say Christine. I think uh, that's I, fair. I think it's like, but I think that she might fall into the same thing where it's like the one that she's watching might be the one. I, it might be <laughs> the one. And it's not just so it's not just uh, white dude horror fans that it might be white women horror fans um, <laughs> that also feel that way. But I posted in the Facebook group uh, about. Uh, Woodlands Dark and something Bewitched, oh, which is yeah. a title mm-hmm. I will never fucking get right. <laughs> it's almost as long as the runtime of that documentary. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. I won't speak too much on it because I, I watched it about a, a month or two ago now, but I'm starting to get into the box set that Seven released, and um, it's just a, it's just an amazing. Uh, they call it a commendium. Yeah. So to that <laughs> to that documentary, and it's it truly is. It's a it's it's incredible. Highly recommend the doc. I want to mention that i read so remember when i like first came on the show and was like oh great i get to read at night because uh you know hunter's breastfeeding and i need something to do and i've been getting through books and that has stopped that doesn't happen anymore he does not (laughs) he's dropped his nighttime feeding there's no room for me to read but how i'm gonna go to fucking sleep (laughs) yeah (laughs) see the thing is he sleeps so then i sleep the whole way through and then there's no no reading gets done but I did pick up a book called Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. And I picked it up on a whim just due to the cover art. I mean, uh, the, if anybody's listening to this and cares, look it up. It's it's a really beautiful artwork, but it's also a really short read. And it's done so in the format of, well, it's proposed to do so in the format of emails and instant messenger. So it's a really quick read. Uh, if you think about it that way, if it's, it's I, I mean, I should have got the page count uh, before I came on here, but it's really interesting. It's a little novella done so between two women who meet in a queer forum in the year 2000. Sounds like a great setup. None of that really plays out. It feels like the novella is almost too short for its own good. There's some really like disturbing and depraved, frankly, imagery that like is talked about but it feels like the setup for those conversations isn't quite there however it's really fucking kind of gross and skews me out and it's stuck with me after like maybe a week of having finished it you know i still think about a lot of the stuff that was said in there if you like getting a little uncomfy but don't mind a little weird format in doing so i would uh seek it out I can't say that it's good. I think it's polarizing. It's probably really polarizing. I think that's the best way to say it. That cover is beautiful, though. I just Googled it. Cover, cover art is 
gorgeous. And the idea is interesting. And I think if you can manage to submerge yourself more than the writer submerges you in that world, then you can make it happen. But I had, you know, I read a couple pages at a time and then I'd have to go be a dad. You know what I mean? So I didn't like just sit down and read it and really like submerge myself in that experience. I think if you did, it would it, it, it would really get to you. So I'm going to talk about two podcasts. Shocking, really. Uh, so what? we know the We Know Podcasting Boys, we're at it again. You think that we have enough podcasts, but you're damn wrong. So both <laughs> of us have a new podcast. I have a new podcast out with Matthew from Weedus called Weird Algorithm, in which we are working our way through Weird Al's entire catalog, God track bless. by track, and we're going to determine what his best parody Best original song, best polka, best music video, and best album were. Uh, so join us on that journey. Uh, the first like 13 episodes is just going to be Matthew and I. But then after that, we are planning to to bring on guests who want to talk about like their favorite Weird Al song with us. So it should be a really, really good fun time. Tell me about and- it. That was my first concert. As was uh, for many people, I'm sure. It has to be downhill from there. How do you go <laughs> up from that show? I don't know. And then Chris from We Know Podcasting has also launched a new podcast called A Band Called Punchline, which will be an audio docu-series about the history of the band. Easily the best thing that Chris has ever edited. Uh, he has so much Foley work going on in the background where it's like, the whole time that the members are talking about like meeting in high school, it's like the sounds of a school in the background and like chairs oh, wow. moving That's and like cool. a teacher in the back. Like he put a lot of work to really like put layers into this. So that should be a really, I, I think it's going to be a really fun time. Even if you never heard punchline, check that shit out. And that was the fog from 1980. Come back next week for even more horror movie night goodness also hit up our patreon patreon.com backslash hmn podcast if you sign up for our patreon you'll get to be part of our slack which is always bumping with a couple people chatting about whatever the fuck is happening in their lives and in horror it is a great place to be bye Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Come, 
Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 